Hey, welcome to the Recappers Podcast. I'm Todd. And I'm Nat. So we got a lot of games to talk about here, Todd. Uh, we missed a couple days, uh, so what we're going to be talking about is the Game 6 of the Jazz versus Clippers series, Game 7 of the Bucks Nets series, and then Game 6 and 7 of the Sixers versus Hawks series. That actually surprised us the most, I think. But we have a lot of basketball to catch up on. It's Monday recap time. What did we say, Todd? We're the recappers for a reason. All right, you ready for it, man? Let's do it. So let's start with a series that we were both surprised on. Clippers-Jazz. We both had the Jazz uh, originally winning this series, right? Now, what are your thoughts after this series? Dude, I still think the Jazz are going to win this series, man. <laughs> <laughs> Jazz in 15, man. Nah, uh, on a serious note, I mean, you've heard me through this whole podcast. We've talked a lot. I'm a huge Donovan Mitchell homer. I mean, I wore his basketball shoes tonight in our basketball game, man. I'm a huge homer of his. I love Donovan Mitchell. And it's just really sad because he wasn't healthy. And you can't just blame it on that because, I mean, the Clippers are missing Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you can't really blame it on the same thing. Uh, But it's sad to see the Jazz lose, especially the season that they had. They just absolutely dominated the entire season. Played the best basketball. They missed Mike Conley for most of this series. He came back for Game 6, and I thought once he was going to play. Here's the deal. I expected in Game 6, when Donovan Mitchell was playing, I was like, he got a lot of treatment in the last couple days. He's going to look healthier than he did in Game 5. He did not. He still puts up numbers like crazy, which is the crazy thing, because he's literally probably like at 60%, and he just puts up numbers still, so that just shows how good he is. And when it, when the news broke out that Mike Conley was playing, I was like, oh, that's game over. Jazz are going to win, and they're going to go to Game 7, they're going to win that. Especially with Kawhi not playing. Let me tell you what happened. Terrence freaking man happened, man. He is the man. This dude is such a young, raw player, exciting player to watch. This dude is loves basketball, you can just tell. I mean, it's just nice. I mean, although I wanted the Jazz to win and I love Donovan Mitchell so much, it's nice to see Paul George be able to silence his critics a little bit. He's gotten so much slander the last couple of years, and it's nice to see that he's kind of getting some recognition because I don't think he deserved any of that slander he got. We forget in the playoff series when he lost to Damian Lillard because he hit Damian hit an incredible shot over him for the game winner and knocked the OKC Thunder out. Paul George that season... It was one defensive player of the year. Yeah, you, you said he deserved a defensive player of the year. He got yeah. third in the voting. He was the best two-way player in and that one was. season, that specific season. He played excellent in that whole series, and that's with Russell Westbrook as well. He played excellent. He played great defense throughout that whole series, and yeah, they I lost. Like that, I feel like that team was – I mean, that's a topic for another just another podcast, but I feel like that team was better than uh, – Than they should. Keep, yeah, people get him credit for Exactly. Like, they, 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 that series could have gone either way. If they move on, I don't think they break that team up. Yeah, but – we forget like how good Paul George is, and we, we like to joke about him because he's an easy target, but we forget how good he actually is, and he showed it this game and in game and in Game 5 before that. And Terrence Mann, inserted in the starting lineup, completely just goes bonkers. I wish he dropped a 40-bomb because he missed six shots the whole game, and he dropped 39, which is incredible. He went off. Reggie Jackson's playing lights out. And I said this during the middle of the Mavs series. I said... This this Clippers team, if they play to their potential, they're the, in my opinion, the best team in the West, and they they had a chance to make a deep playoff run because I think in Game Five, oh no, Game Six, it was Game Six of the Clippers Mavs series. I told you in our podcast episode, I said, this is the team that can make a deep run. If this is the Clippers team that's showing up, they can make a, make a deep run. They played inspired basketball without Kawhi Leonard. I was surprised to see them win. I thought the Kawhi Leonard injury would catch up to them. Yeah, so did I. But Terrence Mann made up for it. Paul George made up for it. Reggie Jackson made up for it. And I was surprised. I was surprised to see him win in six. I thought it was for sure going at least seven. Yeah. 
I thought when Kawhi went out that it was gonna it was the Jazz had the series. I mean, I'm surprised that the Jazz lost in general. I'm definitely surprised that they lost with without uh, Kawhi playing game uh, game five and six. They got swept essentially. They lost four in a row. They did. Yeah, they got the same thing as the Dallas Mavs. Like <laughs> that, Mavs won the first two and then got swept after that. So I was definitely surprised. I mean, the Clippers were my team to pick coming out of the West. <laughs> I. You I didn't flip, feel good about it. Yeah, I flip flop like every day, and then that was also based off Kawhi. So I don't know. I, the one team that I'm surprised about the most, uh, probably this whole postseason, is the Jazz losing even more than the Blazers. Like I thought, the Jazz were really going to go to the conference finals. I did too. I thought they were a shoe in. If you if you asked me which team was a shoe in to make it into the conference finals, I would have said the Jazz. Yeah, especially for how good they looked those first couple of games. And then on top of it. With Kawhi not playing, it's like, oh, for sure. They're just, they're just write them in. They're yeah. Just write them in, right? And it didn't happen that way. Surprising for both of us. We're both huge Donovan Mitchell homers. I don't expect them to be done. I don't know what they're going to do, but I think they honestly have the pieces to make a championship run. So I'm curious to see what the offseason is going to look like. We, we can talk about them in a future episode on what went, what went wrong. wrong. Yeah. yeah. I mean, injuries will be a big part of that episode. But I'm excited to see because they're they're a team that has the pieces. They really do have the pieces to to be a championship contender. In my yeah. Opinion. And also, I'll say this: Donovan Mitchell was hampered. They went at him a little bit defensive on offensively at his defense. I don't think Donovan Mitchell's the best defender to start with. I do think he's capable, and I do think he's improved. If you can't, if he's playing on one foot essentially, uh, his ankle's bothering him more defensively than it is offensively, and it showed. They went at him a little bit. They scored yeah. on him. I mean, he was the primary defender on Terrence Mann in a lot of situations, and they just kept scoring on him. And I'll say this: they exposed Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I think so too. I've never, I've never seen the Defensive Player of the Year look so lost. I know, I know. At the end of the game, there's a three that Markeith, Marcus Morris, my bad, wrong twin, Marcus Morris hit, and it just epitomized like what happened this game. Like they played small ball against a big guy and spread him out, made him get out of his comfort zone. He didn't know. If he should play the paint, or if he should go out and contest, and he was oftentimes caught in between, didn't get a good enough contest, and they just kept barraging. Just, I mean, the Clippers were the best three-point shooting team in the regular season, and when you spread out an an offense like that to make the defensive player of the year make a decision that he's uncomfortable with, it worked. And Rudy Gobert looked looked bad at times on defense. Yeah. And we talked about this also, like uh, off the podcast. So we kind of think the Clippers are better with Paul George, like just Paul George, like without Kawhi than they are with both of them together. So, something to think about uh, in the offseason, yeah. uh, assuming they like lose lose the next round. But the one thing I kind of want I had as a takeaway, this isn't really related to players, but Ty Lue took the Clippers to the conference finals. And I don't want to like, jump ahead, but Ty Lue took the Clippers to the finals or conference finals in his first year, and it took... But actually, Doc didn't do it in all seven, right? Yeah, he didn't do it. So something to think about. Well, I think that's, I mean, Lou, Ty Lue is a good coach. I think he gets overshadowed because he coached LeBron, but he's a good coach. There's a reason he won that job, and I think he will continue to be a good coach. He, I mean, I'm interested to see the chess match in the next round with Monty Williams and him. Uh, they're both very good coaches. Uh, so yeah. we're going to see we're gonna see a good matchup. We can talk more about that in our preview episode. But let's go ahead. You got the next game, Todd? Yeah, so uh, we got probably the the best of these uh, three series, but uh, Nets Bucks Game Seven. What were your thoughts on? I mean, talk about an incredible game, but yeah, what are what are your thoughts on that game, bro? KD is so good. That's my that's just my thought right there. 
He led a team full of... I said this earlier today. I said a team full of bums. And everyone looked at me like, the Nets aren't bums. Well, yeah, okay, like they're not. But they played like bums. Other than KD. Like, think about it. Joe Harris absolutely was dis- disgraceful in this series. James Harden's playing on one leg and not shooting efficiently at all. Kyrie Irving is not even playing. And, I mean, your second best player is Bruce Brown at that point. Like, you are, you're carrying this team to almost beat. Yeah, I mean, this is this is what I talked about before the series. I thought the reason I couldn't pick the Nets is because I, I couldn't see all three of them staying healthy. I yeah. didn't think Kyrie would go down, and I didn't think Harden's hamstring would flare up, but it just made me nervous. Like, as good as KD is, like, he can't carry it. Like, not one player. He, could, he almost did. But not one player can't carry a team into the conference finals like that. Yeah, I know a lot of people hate on the Nets, and I know that, I mean, they're the oh. super team. I get it. I, all right. They're the super team. I get it. And people were hating on the Nets. I know a lot of people hated on them all season because they got all these players to play for them. But there's a reason that players wanted to go play with KD. There's a reason people want to go play with James Harden. There's a people. The reason that people want to go play with Kyrie Irving is because they're incredible players. They make life easier on everyone. And KD showed that he's. I don't care what anyone says. He's a top five player in this league. And I found myself. I picked the Bucks to make it in our in Same our here. in our initial. Eastern Conference preview, right? Did I flip-flop on that a couple times? Yes. Especially for Game 2. Yeah, exactly. But I, I did say that Game 2, there would be an overreaction because at the end of the day, they just lost two games on the road. Like, the Bucks were going to respond, right? Yeah, I agreed on the overreaction, but I didn't think uh, it would end up in the, the Bucks winning the series. I agree with you. I, and going to Game 7, I would have picked the Nets 9 times out of 10. I'd still yeah. pick the, well, the Nets 9 times out of 10. And... The reason for that is home court advantage is really big in Game 7s, and I'm surprised that the Bucks were able to pull this one out. Honestly, though, James Harden missed two threes in overtime, and then Joe Harris missed two, two, two all of them were threes. open threes. Joe Harris's threes were pretty big. Yeah, and if they just hit one of those, they win the game, to be real with you. They lost by two. Oh, they lost by four because they fouled, I think. Yeah, they really came down to one play. Yeah, if exactly. Durant, if Durant's shoes are like one size less, then... They would have won. won the they would have just won in regulation. I know. But... I don't care what people have to say. Like I know everyone hates on the on the Nets, and deservingly so in a, in a couple ways because you feel like they're the super team. They're like it's easy to hate on teams like that. But I don't care what you say. Like throughout that series, I started rooting for the Nets in a lot of ways. It's because KD was literally willing this team to fight against Giannis, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, all these really good players, and it was literally against KD, and KD almost pulled away. And I don't yeah. care, like, if you're a fan of basketball, you can appreciate greatness. And KD showed that he was great. KD showed that he is great. KD showed he was probably a top three player in the league. And this is probably a, a hot take that we can talk more in in detail. But honestly, I think KD might be the most gifted scorer that I've ever seen. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a scorer that Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan or LeBron James is. But what I'm saying is he might be the most gifted him like, and Curry are like two of the like probably like best scorers like we probably had in the last twenty years. Exactly, though. Harden can be up there too. But what I'm saying is that gifted wise, like KD is seven feet tall with point guard skills. It's automatic. Some of, some of the shots are just automatic. Seven five wingspan or whatever. He shoots a three ball better than all of those guys that I just mentioned, except Steph. And he gets to the rim whenever he wants because he has point guard skills. And he can even play make for others and play defense, dude. It's just so crazy. Him and Steph are like on the same team. I still think like. I, I hated that team so much that like it was hard to like really appreciate though. But yeah, both players are just so great. Yeah, it's insane. But I mean, congrats to the Bucks. This was a statement game, as you said. Yeah, we, we talked about this. Like Giannis yeah. had to win this game for his like his legacy. Yeah, it was either it was either him solidifying his legacy a little bit more or James Harden. 
James Harden, unfortunately, wasn't healthy. You could tell he wasn't healthy, and that's yeah. unfortunate. But Giannis, congrats. You got to feel good for Drew Holiday, too, um, because he's underachieved for most of his career as well. So you got to feel good for Drew Holiday, and you got to feel good for Giannis, man. Like, Giannis, hate on him as much as you want, but he played inspired ball. And he then, had a great game. Yeah, he, he really stepped it up when he needed to uh, last couple games. So congrats to Giannis. Congrats yeah, to the we'll Bucks. S- we'll see how they do in the next series. I'm interested to see how they play against it. The Nets are just an incredible team, so it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how cause, you know you go from sweeping the uh, sweeping the Heat to like a seven game series. I feel like the next series will kind of go in the middle of that. We'll have to see. Yeah, see I mean, like. we we could talk about this further, but we already talked about how we think that that this series that just ended was the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, 100%. these were the two best teams in the in the East. That's a good segue because the team that they're going to be playing now, the Bucks, will be going and play and hosting the Atlanta Hawks in the series. Yeah, definitely very surprised. I mean, you know, I said I was really surprised about the Jazz, but now thinking about it, I might be more surprised at the Sixers just because of the way they lost. The collapse in Game 5, I mean, if that goes the other if they just, like, hold on, I think the series goes to the Sixers. I think if they play a little bit better in Game 6, even they could they could have, like, wrapped that, they could have wrapped that series up. So the fact that they lost three home games, like, for a team that's, like, probably, like, one of the best home teams in the league, three home games in the same series... And losing Game Seven at home, you were telling me that before the series. I would, I thought you were crazy, but yeah, we've we've definitely talked about this. But I, I, it, I think it's hard. It, it just like the same thing with Durant. It's hard when it's just one player like really carrying the team. Like Embiid was incredible that series, the series, and I, I think like you need, you need consistent help. And I think that's what the Nets like were depending on. You know, someone like Harden to go in there and get an, you know, a consistent twenty twenty five points. And for Ben Simmons, like as probably like your second playmaker to score to get two field goals each game for the last three games of the series is just like just pitiful yeah he averaged 9.9 points in the series he averaged 34 percent from the free throw for the free throw line yeah it's like the worst uh what was the stat it's the worst free throw percentage for someone who's made taken 70 attempts or something yeah he yeah in in a series that's so bad and he also scored in single digits like in Five of those. He didn't score in the fourth quarter in like. He scored like two points. He scored like the whole series. Five out of five out of the seven games, he did not play well and did not score in the fourth quarter. Yeah, this is a player we were really hyping up three weeks ago. For, I mean, his defense is still great. He forced Trey Young to shoot five for twenty three. Yeah, but even just like as an offensive player, he was still. I mean, just the the like wh- like who was that? He was like passing up dunks. Yeah, I mean, it's so tough because it was mental too, man. You could tell. It was yeah, he's mental. in his head. Yeah, because he's going to go the free throw line and get booed. Yeah, but it's just so weird. Well, I mean, it's his home team, so they better not be booing him, but they were. It's it's Philly, come on. Yeah, Philly's fan base is pretty tough. But what I'm saying overall is that, I mean, I think you and I both agree that we, we even talked about possible trade scenarios for him today a little bit ago. I mean, I'm we'll take you we'll take you in the Lakers, uh, Ben Simmons, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, but I think that Ben Simmons defensively is a fantastic player. But you don't draft a player number one overall to be a good defensive player. You draft someone number one overall to be an impact player on every facet of the game, especially in the modern day NBA where you have to score. It's just insane. I feel like this is. I feel like you're sliding Bargnani. <laughs> well, that dude at least made an impact offensively. Yeah, but you look at like number one picks, like other than t- Towns, other than DeAndre uh, Anthony Aiden. Bennett. Yeah, besides Anthony Bennett. Yeah, ta- uh, yeah, who's like the last Zion? Who, yeah, Z- Zion. Uh, Aiden, like you're looking at players who were like, you know, 
either they're a bust or they they contribute a lot. I think Ben Simmons is in this like weird spot where he's not you know elite, but he's like yeah, a couple steps below that. He's elite defensively, man. But this this as you said, we can talk more about the actual series. This series confused me because the Sixers have been that team that's been knocking on the door for years. Embiid is so good. I don't even know how they lost. I mean, I can tell you how they lost. I mean, Danny Green didn't play. They missed him, of course. I mean, to say what you want about Danny Green, I, I'm i a Laker fan, so I've seen it firsthand how frustrating Danny Green is. He's a leader, and he wins games, man. I think they win if Danny Green continued to play because they could have not played Ben Simmons in that situation. Yeah. But just thinking about it logically, like, I didn't see the Sixers losing this game at all. They should have won game five, like you said. They came back and won game six the way I thought they would. And then Game 7 comes around, and I expect an easy win, especially at home. Historically, they've been the best home team for like the last four seasons. So it's really strange to see them lose at home. Three games at home this series, which I don't know how you can be the best team in the best home team in the league and then lose three games at uh, home. Well, yeah, one thing I want to clarify. I said like the Sixers would have kept it close in Game 6 uh, because, you know, I think like if they won Game 5, I think the whole all the momentum in the series would have changed and they would have won Game 6. That's yeah. kind of what I meant. I agree, but I think that I think that they just played down to the Hawks, honestly, because the Hawks did not play well. Other than Kevin Herter, I think they snuck Game One in. I think like sneaking Game One in, and then gave the, game the Hawks, five yeah, also too. yeah, gave the Hawks like this edge that they knew they they could actually beat the Sixers. Because even before we look at our prediction before the series, like we thought, I, I'm pretty sure like I don't know what I yours was. Five. Yeah, I picked him like in five or six. I know I did. I picked him in six because I thought Embiid. But even then, I thought it was going to be convincing. Like it, I thought it would be like a five-game series. It could have been a five-game series. I still think that the Hawks are way worse than the Sixers, like in my mind. But that's yeah. why you play basketball, bro. Like it doesn't matter how much more talented you are. Doesn't matter how much better you are. You still have to play the game. And the Hawks played the game and they won. Yeah. They did the hack of Ben, which honestly usually doesn't even work, and it worked for them. They because yeah, I don't obviously. think I've seen it work since like Shaq. I mean, even during Shaq, the Lakers still were winning championships with that. You know, like it normally doesn't work. It helps you maybe get back in the game, but it usually doesn't help you get over that hump. And they got them over the hump. And they did, I'll say this the Hawks did expose Joel Embiid's defense a little bit. They did the pick and roll. Of course, um, they figured it out a little bit later, and Trey Young struggled a little bit more towards the end of the series. But it's just interesting because I'm interested to see what the Sixers do now because they're that team that's been knocking the door. They're so talented. They should have a championship. I mean, they're one crazy Kawhi Leonard bounce away from the championship. Yeah. And then if they were in that championship, they'd probably win because the yeah, Warriors but look, were look, so what, hurt. But look what they needed. I mean, they needed Jimmy Butler in that series. Yeah. Like, maybe maybe that's what the... I mean, maybe like we can talk about this on another episode, but, you know, maybe it's like they keep Simmons, but then try to get, like, another type of score, like a, like a Bradley Beal. Yeah, a swing player that plays well yeah because like people like really blame Simmons but it's not like Simmons showed himself as a different player yeah like this is the type of really player that Ben Simmons has been all along yeah like he shot he, a little bit worse free throw line wise. yeah 100% but I mean but I know what no you mean no one's talking about Tobias like he's I, gonna be he's gonna be a scapegoat for the loss but it's yeah. not just him yeah, no one talks about Tobias he shot 8 for 24 in this game yeah no one talks about how Joel Embiid had 8 turnovers and the Sixers had 17 turnovers as yeah. opposed to the Hawks 10 turnovers that's seven com- uh, possessions right there, man, that they gave up for free. Yep. Like, Joel Embiid almost has as many turnovers as the whole Hawks team. 
Yeah. And like no one's gonna talk about the eight turnovers that Joel Embiid had. That's atrocious. You cannot do that in a game seven. You cannot have seventeen turnovers in a must win game. There's a lot of reasons why they lost. But Ben Simmons is gonna be the scapegoat for it because he shot so to... poorly and he didn't he didn't do what he needed to do. Like, I mean to... look at the Mavs. Like it came down to a lot of players and for some reason KP is the person who uh it's a scapegoat. Like, yeah, it gets like the majority of the blame. Yeah, you always will have a scapegoat no matter what. I mean, there always is. Like, Kyle Kuzma's a scapegoat for the Lakers right now, you know? Like, and injuries. But, like, Kyle Kuzma's a scapegoat for the Lakers right now. Everyone's going to have a scapegoat, but there's not. that's not the only reason you lost. Like, yeah, but both those players could probably even use, like, a change of scenery. So even if they do become the scapegoat, if they, like, stay the, sta- the, stay the scapegoat, and it's probably, you know, a change of scenery might might affect, might help. You know, yeah, both the team forward. It would probably help all those guys, to be honest with you. Yeah, especially if Ben Simmons is like, you know, in this like mental, mental like mind game with his like, with his shooting. Like, I don't know how you're gonna get past that with this current situation. For sure. All right, man. Well, one last thing before we end this episode, I did want to ask you: Clippers versus Suns. Who you got? Uh, just quick. We're gonna talk more about this in our next episode, but I want to hear quick just numbers, like team the, and numbers. Suns and six. Suns and six. I'm going to go Clippers in six. This is under the assumption that everybody plays? No, this is under the assumption that Kawhi Leonard does not play and Chris Paul does not play for most of the series. Do so you think Clippers in six even if Kawhi doesn't play? Correct. I think, I think I mean, we're going to talk more about this, but I think Chris Paul means more to the, to the Suns than Kawhi means to the, to the Clippers, and they showed that in game five and six of the Jazz series. We're gonna talk more about that though. Next series, Bucks, Hawks, quick, quick number, quick team and number. Gosh, I thought uh, I'm gonna Bucks and five, or maybe Bucks and no. The way Atlanta played, I has to, I have to do like Bucks and uh, Bucks and six. Bucks it, it, uh, to win a series in five games is just too tough. Yeah. Well, I'm actually gonna go against that, and I think Bucks and five. I think they're just so much better than the. Hawks are like I said. I think the on paper are... it seems that way, but I thought the same way in Philly. <laughs> That's so. true. Well, I'm a regression and mean kind of guy, man. We talk about this a lot, but yeah, we're gonna talk more about that. The next episode will be dropping soon as well. It'll be our playoff predictions for the for the conference finals. Anything else you got to add, Todd? Nope. I'm getting I'm getting excited uh, for these next rounds. But uh, yeah, thank you again for everybody who's listening. Um, we're trying to get uh, some more content out as. It's a little bit deeper in the playoffs, you know, with some uh, different episodes in, in addition to the recap. So for everyone sp- following along on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, thanks again. Until next time.